part of loving self is denying yourself of the things that are, line four, self-harming. Even though they appear desirable and feel good in the moment. Lust, you know, that feels good, gives me a little thrill, self-harming. Deceit, you go, well, you know what, I'm staving off someone getting mad at me. A lot of us, we lie because we just don't want someone to be mad at us, and we think we're right. So you go, well, sure, I spent that extra $50, I don't want to tell my spouse because he or she will get really mad. One of us has the spouse that gets mad with that. It might be you, it might be your spouse. Sure, I'm going to say this to my friends. I'm going to say this at work because I don't want the boss to worry. So I'm just going to tell my God it done, but I haven't really gotten that far into it. You know, and, and so we just kind of lie just to avoid the conflict. And we call them white lies. You know, as a minister, I deal with lots of people. Do you know how many people I work with who've gotten fired based on white lies? Do you know how many people that I have to sit there and spend hours counseling in the marriage because one spouse told a white lie. It's interesting, but all these things, they feel good in the moment, but they destroy you from the inside. Sexual immorality. Sex outside of marriage. You go, well, you know, we love each other. If you, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> And the Bible just says, when you have sex outside of marriage, you're blinding yourself to who the real person is. And trust me, that desire wears off after you're married. It does. And then you're stuck with that person. How bad they smell, how foul-tempered they are, how lazy they are, how much they like everything that you ignore because you were just consumed with lust. Start speaking loudly to you. <laughs> and God just says, I want you to be pure for your sake. Right. I want you to be sober for your sake. Amen. It's crazy. I remember when I was young, everyone is using something. When you're young, everyone's using something. Until you get old and you look in the mirror and you go, boy, I lost some miles. <laughs> What you drink, what you smoke, what you, you know, it just ages you. Mm -hmm. What you eat. It ages your spirit, <laughs> it ages your brain, it ages your heart. Mm -hmm. And God just says, hey, it seems really fun and wild at the beginning, but it's not good for you. Amen. Let's go on to chapter 9. It says... Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Angels. And we can't be ashamed of Jesus' words. Why are we studying all this? It's so that we can be confident in sharing what God's all about. Amen. See, the purpose of these times is to equip you to give. Just so you know. Hello. I'm going to say that because we're going to step aside. You know, I, I, I listened and I heard what people, how they were responding to the financial presentation. And, and, you know, we saw one of the sisters, you know, say, wait a second. When I look at that per member giving and I know how much I give, what's the average here? Did you, did you hear that comment? Okay. Let's go to John chapter 4. Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. 
not in the faith principles. I added this to the lesson, so don't think that this is a response to her comment or me just getting frustrated with something or anything like that. Because let me be frank with you folks. I think you're fantastic. If you're visiting with us, you're with actually some great people. You know, we had our regional service last Sunday. How many, uh, hopefully many of you went. It was up in uh, downtown. It was huge. It was fantastic. What a great experience. But we intentionally break down into these smaller groups so we can actually be with each other, have a relationship with each other, and connect with each other, and not feel like we're lost in a crowd. Some of you were at that service and didn't know someone else was at that service <laughs> because it's so big. We like to bring it home like this. And it's, it's harder on me and my wife to bring it home like this. I have to talk to different ministers all over the place and make sure they're doing okay. I have to drive around and all sorts of things. But it's better for us like this because we can build family. Right. Amen. So I want you to understand, this is a great group and you guys are awesome. Amen. But I also need you to understand that there are some things we should be aware of here in this fellowship and so that we're not alarmed. When Ron and I came and moved into this ministry, I want you to understand, we are aware we will not attract or keep everyone here. And we're not going to try to weed anyone out, chase you out with a stick either, because we're not that type of person. But we've got to start rekindling who are we? What's our spiritual identity? Amen. And as a church, we've drifted over time, and, and, and especially in this group, we have people from very different spiritual backgrounds, very different sets of hurts and experiences. And, and so from that, we've kind of taken different perspectives spiritually, and right now we're a quilt. Okay, we're a quilt. And, um, you know, that's just who we are. So I'm going to say this, because we, we've got to start really going, okay, what does the Bible say? In John 4, 34. Because pleasing yourself is not the same as loving yourself. That it takes self-denial. It takes sacrifice. It takes pain to follow Jesus. We cannot make it easier anymore. We cannot figure out what is convenient or what is, you know, what's going to avoid a conflict. We've got to start talking about, okay, let's not be ashamed of God's word. In John 4, verse 34. Jesus says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I know you all worked hard the week, during this week. I know when you come to church, you're not looking for someone to make you do more work. <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah. You know, I know that. But Jesus says, guess what fills you in? Guess what fills you really? What really makes you actually have more energy is to do God's work. So I need you to get in touch with this. I'm trying to call us to work together because it's going to feed us. Yeah. If only five of us do all the work, guess what? Five will get tired, but only five other people at most will get fed. And so what happens is you get five fallen people and then five other people who don't know how to eat. And you have a disjointed, broken church of ten. But if five people, or if ten people all learn how to give to each other, guess what you have? A church that can become a thousand. Do you understand the difference? And so when the sister said, wait a second, 
And I'm not someone who likes to beat a drum and tell everyone, sacrifice, give, sacrifice, and give. The numbers for me, we're actually paying our bills for the very first time in the history of keep working this way so that we stay in the black. So I never have to stress you out about how much you should give. I don't feel like I should peddle in that way. So that's not what I'm talking about. But when you hear a woman saying, I'm sacrificing, and now when I look at that per member giving, I know when I look at you, out at you all that you're not giving as much as I am. Guess what that tempts her to do? Pull back. That's right. But that's the same way with coming on time to church. Yeah. If 10 people come on time to church, but there's actually 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 of us who are supposed to be here, then guess what those 10 say? Well, I'll just come later too. Guess what the song leaders say? Well, I don't know if I want to really sing. Preaching wrong. Yeah, that's right. We've got to understand this. It's not me blasting out of bad people, bad people. We've got to know how do we love each other. Yes. How do we feed each other? Does that make sense? Yes. When we all come when it's convenient to church, as opposed to making this a very important family reunion. Right. All right. You know how it is when you miss a family reunion? How many of you had a family reunion you couldn't make? Raise your hand. How many of you met or made you feel guilty? Back there. And he's saying, I missed this important family occasion. I got to go make it up to my aunt. Because I'm just going to be humble, bro. I'm just going to be humble. But there were so many things going on and done it, and I didn't know, and they didn't inform me. But I'm just going to be humble. Because you know what family makes you feel? Guilty something. Because that's what family is. Because we love each other. We miss each other. We want to be together. Does that yeah. make sense? That's right. Yeah. So I just want us to take a side. You go, well, Dave, I need you to fill me up with an emotional experience when we come to church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret. How can you be close to God? How many of you want to be intimately close to God? Yeah. How many want to yes. just feel what God feels? How much you want to man, when you, you just the tears streaming down your face. Oh, I just love God. Yeah. There's not a song that I could write or a song that can be sung that's going to make you feel that. There's not a, a lesson that's going to be preached that's going to make you feel that. There's only one way. Walk like him. There's only one way to be that close to God. Be like him. There's only one way to really understand your parents. Try to raise someone. There's only one way to know how to have compassion. Hurt. There's only one way to know how to have courage. Be afraid. These are some things we have to understand. I'm taking a side because we guys, where are we going as a church? We're going to get on the same page to expect everyone to, to want to be like Jesus. You're going to make me feel like I should before I want to? No. I'm going to ask you to do it, and you'll feel better. There's sometimes you just got to go, I'm going to take a deep step. We don't understand how we might be hurting each other. And each of us in a different way. I'm telling you, there are some of us here who are great at being on time, but we might not be great at giving. There's some of us who are great at being loving and warm and affectionate, but not be super reliable. There are some of us. So we're kind of like a quilt. Yeah. You guys get that? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. And what we've got to do is go, let me let the on-time brother, even though I'm the loving, encouraging one, get me there on time. Yeah. Let me let... The brother who's really good with the scriptures, even though I'm not, help me get deep in the word. Let me help other people here make me better. 
But when we're studying the Bible with people in our church, and I'm going off and on on this because I want us to let it sink in, a lot of the people who are studying the Bible from the last maybe 13 years here do not have the same convictions as the people who were baptized prior. If you're new to our church, if you're here from even sometimes the last 13, 14 years, we might have missed a few things because we let our, we let our lifestyle drop. And so people are converted to what they see, mm -hmm. not what they read. Mm -hmm. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So let's help each other out. I just want us to have the conviction. Doing God's will will feed us. God doesn't want you to sacrifice because he's cruel. I don't want us to sacrifice because I need something or this church needs something. We need to start seeing that living out our faith by loving like Jesus feeds us. Makes us stronger. Makes us better. Let's go to Isaiah 48. I'm going to do a couple of quick passages here and we'll be done. That was my side editorial. It's not in the studies. It's not in the notes. But can't, you know, I, I'm not teaching this to you guys because I, I look at you and, and we, we had this talk when we started doing the pre, uh, uh, the Sunday school before the actual service because, well, you know, they said, well, hardly anyone's going to come. It's only going to be a small group, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? What's, what's going on in our, on our ministry is that it doesn't matter if we make it midweek on Wednesday. It doesn't matter if we make it a, a meeting after church on Sunday. It doesn't matter if we make it Sunday early. The same people will come. Okay? And you are. Many of you are those same people. And I don't want you to feel like I am down on you. Okay? I'm just telling you, we need to help other people out. I need us to be honest with ourselves and say we've gone on a journey where we've allowed our devotion or our lifestyle or sacrifice to drop off because we were so burdened in our past. And I get that. But it, it hurts other people. And let's try to figure out how do we fix this. I don't know the answer yet. Does that make sense? And I'm not down on you. And I hope you don't feel that. But let's just let God work on our hearts. Amen. And see what he does. You guys get that picture? Amen. Okay, you guys get that time? I want you to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not. Ah, answer number five. Thank you. Consumer Christianity is not safe Christianity. When we hear the language, I just want to be fed. We've got to look at John 34, uh, 434. Doing the will of God feeds you. Now, should I be giving to you in a way that helps you out spiritually? Sure. But so should we once the fellowship starts and, and, the, and the lesson's over. Should the singing move your heart? Yes, but guess what moves your heart? Singing along. Amen. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, if you want your heart to be moved, actually sing. You want me to tell you the story of how I learned how to, how to get into it? I hated church growing up. I'd go to church and everyone would be singing and it'd be just really uncomfortable. I'm not that person who likes to sing in that way, just so you know. I'm not even that emotional by nature. Okay? So I go to church and everyone's singing this church. They're all singing and I'm like, oh gosh. And, and then they're singing these old songs. They all sound like 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 beer drinking songs back then. What the hell? You know, it was just kind of weird, old fashioned. Like, why am I here? This is just so strange. And so then I, 
And then there was this brother. He had just become a disciple. He loved singing. And he goes, hey, Dave, let's go. And he was like those fired up guys. And, you know, the kind of guys I always say, he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, I feel like, you know, that, that Garfield to the Odie, right? <laughs> I am Garfield. <laughs> That's my nature. My son wakes up singing. He hugs us. I'm in an appointment. He comes and gives me a hug. He is 12 years old now. He still gives me a hug. He says, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Go. Oh, my goodness. That, he's like my wife. <laughs> so this brother takes me into his, the garage. And this is weird. He goes, let's just yell these songs out. Not worry how we sound. <laughs> and so I did that with him. <laughs> And I go, man, you don't really like this. And so now I get into the singing. So even yeah. that, <laughs> coming to take doesn't feed you. That's right. Just so you know. When the song leaders are up here, <coughs> sing louder than they do. Amen. Just be loud and proud and off. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Does that sound good? That's why consumer Christianity, it doesn't say it, because you just sit there as opposed to just get into it, have fun, just give, just enjoy, sacrifice, whatever. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? When you skip to what am I going to get mode? The relationship is over. When you're in dating someone, you start going, what am I getting enough? What am I getting? What am I getting enough? You're beginning to go, oh, we're breaking up soon. Yep. Instead of going, man, I'm just here to give. I'm just here to enjoy. I'm just here to, you know, give my heart. You know you're in the zone. Nope. So, anyways, Isaiah 48, verse 17. You're, uh, long long verse. Isaiah 48, verse 17, it says this. This is what the Lord says. You're a redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. You know, this is what's interesting about the passage. It's really clear. God's saying, I teach you what's best for you. Hmm. Line six, God's commands are for your benefit. That's it. When God says this is sin, it's for your sin, not for his. God does not need your righteousness. It doesn't make him feel better. He's not as insecure as we are. <laughs> you understand how it works? Yeah. You do a good job? You like me? Huh? <laughs> Please make something. <laughs> God's not like that. He says, this is what you need to do for you. Period. This benefits you. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Okay. In Acts chapter 9, it talks about God coming in His glory and the glory of His angels. We saw that He, he describes it. I love modern technology because... We get CGI. Mm -hmm. Now remember, watch like an old Superman movie. <laughs> watch like Godzilla. Yeah. The original? Yeah. It's the original. It's a dude in a rubber suit, right? Yeah. Kicking yeah. around toys. <laughs> and then some weird noise. You know? You watch Godzilla now. It looks pretty awesome. It's real. Right? <laughs> Like, like, wow, there could really be underneath the earth some sort of reptilian creature going to eat us all alive. It could happen, right? CGI is awesome that way. 
So when you think about the glory of the Father and his angels, you know, there's the, when I was going to 80s version, right? It's some dude with some plastic wings or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's right. You know, animation around him. Right? But now, it's the CG, let's go to the CGI version. That's going to be awesome. Incredible. Mm -hmm. The sky opens up. Light, power, energy, surround, sound, Dolby, everything. Boom, 3D, 4D. It's going to be intense. That's the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says a simple statement. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now a lot of times that sounds like a Debbie Downer moment. Well, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think it sounds that way. But here's the thing. Yeah, you know what? Sin's a problem for everyone. That's why we don't judge each other in this church. We help each other. Mm -hmm. Line 7, all of sin, sin harms everyone. We're all victims here. We're all victims of Satan's lies. We're all victims of what other people have done to hurt us. And we know that feeling. That we're meant for more. But somehow our sin or someone else's sin has undercut us. But you know what else this passage tells me? That there's this glory of God. That he wants us to experience. See, in line 8, sin causes us to miss getting into heaven, and sin results in spiritual death. Okay, so there is a miss. But it just says, there is this thing called the glory of God. You feel. You feel like you should be living out way more than what you have. You feel it. You feel like inside of you, no matter how old you are, there's a dream inside of you. It could be now the dream of heaven, but it's going to be amazing. But you know, there's a dream even now that you should be able to overcome. You can be better, more, faster than the $6 million man. Nah, 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 nah. But you know, there's so much God has in store for each one of us. And we just need to understand that sin short-circuits that. Sin derails us from God's glory. God's glory is not something he wants to keep to himself. God's glory is something he wants to give you. And so that's why in my mind, you must repent of sin to love yourself. Repentance is powerful. We'll be talking about that more in the days to come. But I just want you to understand, God's glory is meant for everyone. Let's seek it out. Let's live it out. Let's see all the great things that can happen. You go, what was that serious moment that you were going to talk about? It was that John 4, just so you know. It didn't seem as serious, but no, that, that's what it was. That's me getting serious with you. All right? Does that make sense? We do have a history here. There is a, a fellowship that we have to rekindle and discover. Okay? It shows in little ways, but harping on every little thing may not be the solution. Let's get our hearts really craving what God craves, and we'll see what God can do. Have a great time in fellowship. Amen. Amen. Amen.